Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Christopher Gertyson. Christopher, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Great to be with you, George. Excited to have you on. Christopher is the CEO of Nova Minerals. They're an Australian minerals explorer and developer that focuses on gold and lithium projects all around the world. Christopher, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, I'm an economic geologist, and so uh, I, I'm, I'm from Alaska here, which is uh, you know right, right where our flagship Estelle Gold Project is for uh, Nova Minerals. Uh, and I, I started my career up here working, and then I traipsed all around the world doing this doing this work. You know, when I started to get into this work, I, I, and I started to you know went to school for this. I remember my my professor of what Geology 101 said, "Welcome to Geology 101. This is your passport to the world," and it certainly has been. I've been you know, to Nevada, working with some of these uh, very large uh, uh, bulk mineable type resources, Newmont, Barrick, and the Nevada gold fields. Spent a lot of time in Australia, mainly the Western Australian gold fields, reborn and rebred in Kalgoorlie, Western Australia, with on a number of uh, projects in the gold space, nickel, uh, all these kind of things. Then I spent my, a lot of time in Southeast Asia, in Indonesia, working on big uh, copper gold porphyry type deposits. Spent a lot of time in Laos. Thailand. Actually, my wife's from Laos, right? So, so my heart was stolen in, in Laos, and uh, I, uh, um, that's where I met my wife. I spent about 12 years over there in that part of the world, Laos, Thailand, but now I've come full circle. And so my niche and my specialty is really becoming taking resource stage projects, so something that's kind of in the middle stages of advancement, and bringing them into production. And that's what, exactly what we're trying to achieve here with the Estelle Gold Project. What we have here, so we're in the Tintina Gold Province. This has been one of the most prolific belts in recent times, over 220 million ounces of uh, uh, documented discoveries and production. This is where the old, um, all the historic uh, gold rushes were, you know, the Klondike and all these things uh, that we've all heard about. And now we know where all that gold came from. And it's one of the last frontiers for absolute, uh, you know, behemoth size deposits. And that's what we're on to. We currently have 6.2 million ounces at, uh, at the Estelle Gold Project. And uh, that's only set to grow, right? So we're coming out with another resource update uh, here in the next few weeks, and you know we're on we're on the road to 10 million ounces there, which is which is 10 million ounce plus uh, deposits are not uncommon in our neighborhood here, and that's what we have uh, at, at the Estelle Gold Project. Now I'm only talking about one deposit, the Corbell deposit. We have 15 other known prospects across our 324 square kilometer claim block. Uh, with the next cab off the rank being the RPM prospect. And so, you know, anybody interested in the gold space, I think with all the economic turmoil and things that are happening, you know, you got uh, 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 um, Evergrande, you've heard this on this side of the pond over here, collapsing, real estate collapse and whatever's going on in China and in our part of the world, uh, all kinds of craziness going on, debt defaults and inflation now here, uh, here is coming along. Uh, also, you know, I think the fiat currency regime in the world is uh, is coming to an end. You know, these things only last, if you look at history, these things only last 50 years, and then uh, there's a, a new monetary system come, uh, uh, comes about. And so I think we're at that stage now, and I think hard assets is where you want to be. And uh, one of those, of course, has been going on for 5,000 years, is real money, which is uh, gold. And there's a number of ways to get into gold, and one of those is certainly 
through mining stocks like Nova Minerals, which is, uh, you know, on, on the OTC here in, in America, NVAAF is the ticker code. Also, we're listed on the a ASX as our primary exchange, uh, NVA, and also in Frankfurt, QM3 is the code there. Nice. So fascinated by 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 mining, and you obviously are too. So this this it, it it's 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 good that we're talking. How how did you decide that this is now resource stage resource stage is is the place I want to be because um, it is is it a function of opportunity where you know that there's gold in the ground and now with new technology. We can access it better than they could before, and it'll be quicker. Tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. You know, in terms of technology, that's a good point. So the, the reason I like resource stage is because it gives, you know, it's a bit of a sense of, of accomplishment to actually have created something that's creating uh, wealth uh, for, you know, just the the, the stakeholders are based is just so, you know, it's not just shareholders in the company. It's all the employees. It's it's uh, you know our, our three pillars for development with Nova Minerals are really you know re responsible development, aggressive growth, and locally sourced. Those are kind of our three pillars. And so those are kind of the the all the stakeholders involved, the local economy. And I've seen it a number of times, just uh, uh, just right around the mining operations, plus you know all the taxes and royalties you pay, and all the all the all the follow-on businesses. For every uh, dollar that you make and you spend, of course, that just flows through the economy. So it's just been a sense of accomplishment uh, for myself, you know, personal. At, at the end of the day, you want to have something to show for it. In the early day exploration space, you know, that's kind of a you'll you'll find in that in that space, it's more of a the players there. It's it's a very a uh, lots of players there. It's more of kind of like you get a lot of lifestyle people. Uh, they're in and out, in and out. Whereas I like to build things, right? I'm a builder, so that it's just personal satisfaction. Uh, in that way. But now in terms of technology, you know, mining's come a long way in recent times. L look around your desk. Look around you, uh, um, uh, George. You know, there's a great bumper sticker. It's if you can't grow it, you got to mine it. Literally everything around you, your your keyboard, your plastics, that's all oil. Uh, your paper comes, of course, that's been grown. That's, of course, uh, uh, your, your, your trees, you know, all the metals, everything has to be mined. Mining is never going anywhere. And in fact, with this, uh, this you know, green revolution, they call it, there's going to be more mining. A lot of people don't realize you need lithium, you need silver, you need copper, you need cobalt, all these things for the green energy rev revolution. So, you know, people need to realize that there's going to be more mining if we actually want to achieve those goals. Right. And so and that's where the response. So the mining's not going anywhere. And that's where responsible development comes in, which is what we do. A lot of people envision mining like the old days, like you saw on TV, a couple of guys with with, with headlamps uh, rooting around little veins and this and that. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, it's not like that anymore. Nowadays, uh, uh, so what we do is um, uh, we're, we're, we're looking at open pits, so right on the surface. And uh, a lot of this stuff, the technology is such that you don't even have to see the gold anymore, right? You, you don't even see the gold. So the gold can occur at such low concentrations or, or, or many minerals, such low concentrations, you don't even see it anymore. And uh, with the processing technology, you're able to take so a ton of rock. So imagine like a yard by a yard uh, uh, um, cube cube rock. There might only be a few specks, few grains of sand that, of, of gold, few grains of gold inside that that ton. That's economic nowadays because of the processing technology to be able to extract that gold. A lot of mines are run 
uh, remotely. You know, you have guys sitting on joysticks in a uh, in front of a computer somewhere, especially in the underground uh, uh, a realm there, where they're just doing everything by remote control. And so there's all these technologies that have come about in terms of processing the actual mining process that make uh, uh, um, the economics so much different than the old days where you actually had to see the gold, you know, a couple of guys with hammers and, and a little, uh, um, uh, you know, you, you know, with, with like a little rail line, the stuff you've seen on TV, it's not really like that nowadays. And that technology has also gone to environmental uh, and responsible development, to the environmental side. All these things can be controlled and they're very, very highly engineered uh, uh, to, um, uh, to, to, to be able to, to absolutely um, uh, uh, be environmentally uh, responsible for sure. Nice. I appreciate that. So this is a, it's, 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 it's one of those honest questions, Christopher. So you're in Alaska and I, I don't know what the climate is. Is it make it difficult when it snows? You, you know, that's a good, that's actually a good question. So, uh, n- it, it, yes, it's, it's cold, but if you're from Alaska, you know, you get acclimated, sure. right? right, George? So uh, <laughs> we work in the middle of winter. So when on the onset of winter, which is right now, you know, it's minus five today, right? And it start, it's cold now. But when you get into the middle, you feel cold, your body, right? But when you get into the middle of winter and you're working for a week at minus 30, when it, when it goes up to minus 10, George, people are taking their jackets oh. off. You're literally working in your T-shirts, right? it's totally true. So you just get acclimated to it. And in many ways, it's easier to operate in the winter. Like we're going into that season now. This is when we create a lot of snow snow roads and winter roads and winter trails. You know, you might have seen it on TV, ice road truckers and these kind of things, right? This is how we, how we access the site in the winter and bring in all our heavy equipment and our drilling rigs and this and that. And you can just float over the snow. So in terms of access, it's a lot. It's a lot different. We can get we can get into areas in the wintertime that is that uh, we have to helicopter into hmm. in the summertime, right? And so, in terms of access, uh, and we're in a remote area, it's much better. But of course, the weather is a lot colder, so it's not for the faint of heart, you know. Like they say uh, in in Alaska, you know, where the men are men, and so are the women, right? So, <laughs> so here we are, right? So. Uh, there's pluses and minuses, as you imagine, with with every season. Yeah. The work, you know, the most difficult season is actually breakup, right? So that's that kind of April to May area hmm. when everything's just slushy and muddy and everything gets bogged down. And I would say that's the most difficult season uh, uh, in terms of just the, the the terrain, the ground conditions. Interesting. Well, that certainly makes sense. All right. So we've got all this wonderful new technology that that affords. Uh, resource stage miners like like you and Nova to go and you say, okay, we know that there's gold here and with new technology, we don't have to actually visually see the stuff. We can just carve out huge chunks of rock and then process it and get the valuable minerals, the gold, the lithium, all that stuff out of it. But how do you decide, because obviously all this new technology costs money, so how, how, how do you look at the spots that you have and then make a decision on here's where we're going to actually mine. Right. So the, the process is, so you have the exploration guys go in and they'll look at it 30,000 foot view, look at regional maps, you know, with the, you say in, in, in Alaska, you have the USGS, you know, the U S geological service, the uh, there's government databases and they do surveys, geophysics, magnetic surveys, uh, and you get boots on the ground. And so you say, okay, you know, geologically these look like favorable rocks here so in our case there's 
these, uh, you know, intrusions, kind of granite intrusions that come up. And, uh, and when you get that, uh, you know, you get a lot of hydrothermal fluids that occur with, with intrusions. And you go out and you get the geologists on the ground mapping. And so you say, okay, this is a favorable regional terrain. And you might stake your claims then. And then, then you come in and you say like, all right, let's do a, a regional sampling program. So you might, in our situation, it's, uh, it's mountainous. So you do ridge and spur sampling. So you just go up on the ridges and, and, and take uh, samples every so, you know, in a period, uh, every so often, a certain distance along all the ridges. And you might go into the set into the, into the streams and take stream sediment samples and these kind of things. And you know, based on that, you then send all those to the lab. You get your results back and you create a map and you can see where the higher grade areas are and the and, and kind of the higher grade anomal, anomalous zones. And so then, based on that, uh, and uh, you might also do some ground geophysics. You know, one of the things that we use is IP chargeability, which is the best targeting tool. And that's basically, you know, put it simply in layman's terms: you're shooting an electric current in the ground. And you're looking at uh, how chargeable is the ground in that area. And with the uh, sulfides, you know, things like pyrite and these type of minerals, uh, it'll hold a charge a bit longer. And so you'll get anomalies like that. And that correlates many times directly with gold. And so now you have samples on the surface. You have some some geophysics and you might. And so that, now you're ready to a target to put in a drill. And you just go for it. Right. You just go for it based on the best available data that you have at the time. And you drill, and in our case, yeah, you, we, we, we've hit it there. And so, and, and now you, you basically just follow that up every year. And so this, this process takes not only money, but lots of time, right? Lots of time. And so we've been extremely lucky that we're so well endowed with gold. Uh, it seems that we've managed to come from two and a half million ounces in 2019, and we've managed to increase that resource at our Corbell deposit to now currently 4.7 million ounces. And so you you drill holes, uh, lots of holes, you know, hundreds and thousands of feet of, of, of drill holes, and you send those off to the lab, and you get your results back. And now, whether it's economic or not, and this is the stage we're going into now, you then go to through a scoping study, and you look at all kinds of parameters, right? You look at how much, what's the mining cost? Uh, what's the processing cost? What is your process flow sheet? You know, you can find a lot of gold, uh, George. A lot of people find a lot of gold, but can you get the gold out of the rock, right? This is where processing technology comes in. And so can you get gold out of the rock? And so in our case, uh, we're, we have a, a relatively bulk mineable, but relatively low grade deposit. How can we make money at that? The way we do that, if you look at our flow sheet, is that we take it in the first step and we do all the test work to decide this. But our first step is we do something called ore sorting. And so ore sorting technology has been around for a long time. We put the rock in, and because we because we have very discrete veins and very uh, uh, distinct mineralogy in those veins, you know quartz and arsenopyrite, that the ore sorters using the laser technology are able to separate out that high grade material out of the uh, out of out of the host rock, and so that's a concentration step. So we're able to take 0.3 gram material and and upgrade it up to six grams per ton. But uh, you know when you calibrate it and you, you want to capture most of the gold. We're looking at putting in 0.3 gram material mined and then put it in the ore sorter and get about two grams per ton out of the ore sorter. Then at that stage, you mill it. So you put it into a into a ball mill and bring it down to a very fine powder. And then in our case, you float, you put it in a flotation tank. So, you know, you froth it up and hmm. the, uh, the, the uh, certain minerals rise to the surface. Certain minerals fall. This is another concentration step. And then at the end, you have a, a concentrate. A uh, very high-grade material. You basically concentrated all the gold, 
Then we take that and we leach it. We 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 leach it, and we get in this process through our our plant. We get you know a ninety five percent recovery of all the gold. And then we're very lucky. You know, we we're talking about environmental that our host rock is non acid generating, so it's just your standard granite. So we can use that material to build our roads, to build any uh, uh, you know to build our plant um, and any 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 kind of infrastructure that we require. And it's just a neutral rock type, so there's no acid generating material. Anything that might be um, acid generating will then go to our tailings facility, which will all be then contained, right? Contained. And so uh, uh, that's kind of a, a, a how it kind of works. So like that's that's kind of the process from start to finish. I love it. So y'all are setting up your own processing plant facility, or are there existing that you use? We're we're in a new area, right? So it's kind of it's kind of virgin country out there. There's no uh, there's nothing around where where we are. The the closest one would probably be a few hundred miles away. You know, that's just it. That's just a stone's throw away in Alaska. But sure. no, there, there, there's nothing around where we are. Uh, it's a it's a new it's a new area. It's not too far from Anchorage. So it's about you know Anchorage is the main uh, town here in Alaska, and we're about a hundred miles as the crow flies from Anchorage out there. And so yeah, we would set up our own processing facility, but that's still a ways out. That's about uh, we're looking at 2025, 2026 to about actually be digging up the first dirt, dirt and uh, pouring the first gold. We have a long way to go in that process. More drilling, more studies, more test work to decide. Uh, uh, you know, really optimize things to decide what that what that looked like. What that looks like. It's certainly a fast track in this game, but you can see there. You know, 2019 to 2025, 2026. You know, you're talking about what is that? Eight years, and that's uh, that that's a that's a very that's a fast track for for these type of projects. And so, no, we don't have it yet, but we will have our own processing plant eventually. Yes. Nice. What a what a fascinating process. Yes, ab- uh, absolutely. It's uh, there's never a dull moment. I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, and if some of your listeners have uh, just in the whole geology and mining game, if you, if your listeners have any kids, you know, and people are looking for career paths, this is you know, I, I described my journey and just the adventure. You go to places that. Not just off the beaten track, but you go to places where there are no tracks. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's ever been. I've, I, I've just, uh, I've never looked back with any regrets taking this career path. And um, you know, uh, so if, if if you have any have any young people out there that are looking for interesting jobs where you have a good mix of being able to be outside as well as you know, there's a lot of uh, modeling technology and you can spend a lot of time inside. I always enjoyed that in my career. I could always go like, all right, I'm going outside this week because there's stuff to do. Or the next week going like, I'm going to stay inside because there's stuff to do here. And so there, it's, it's just great in that way. You know, there's like uh, economic geology, there's mining engineering, there's metallurgy, there's uh, process engineers, all these type of uh, career paths that people should really look at uh, and, and, and consider as a really uh, fun, adventurous, and it doesn't pay too shabby either, right? So, uh, uh, if, if people are into that, you know, have a, have a second look. Uh, we're we're uh, the industry is aching for people, so so uh, I'll just throw that out there as well. I love it, wonderful. Well, Christopher, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you, and how can they get involved with Nova Minerals? Right. So, Nova Minerals is the is the company we have. Uh, it's it's uh, just go to novaminerals.com.au. Don't forget that .au at the end. Uh, NVAAF is the ticker on the OTC, NVA on the ASX, QM3 in Frankfurt. And uh, just, tune, just tune in, you know, type us into YouTube. I do a number of, of interviews every now and then and go to our website. All the information is there. You know, we didn't mention 
Also, we also have a lithium project, but we're spinning that off into a separate company. It's it's days away from listing, and that's Snow Lake Resources, uh, and that'll be the only first and only zero carbon uh, uh, hard rock spodumene lithium mine in the world. And the main reason for that is because it's located in Manitoba, Canada, and it's all hydropower there. And so the lithium space is hot, uh, and we think this is going to be a great IPO and create uh, what's majority owned by Nova Minerals. And once it's listed, uh, it'll we, we think it's going to add some serious value back to Nova. So it's uh, novaminerals.com.au and uh, snowlakelithium.com. Uh, and those are the two companies. And just start typing it into Google. You know, Google it. Google it. That's the easiest way. Put it into the Google machine. Love it. There's also, I mean, I, I don't personally run them, but my fellow director, uh, Louie, he, he's got, uh, he, he's got the, the Twitters and the, and the, uh, well, uh, LinkedIn, I think it's called. I don't know. I don't do these things. I don't know. The other social medias. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Christopher your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to novaminerals.com.au. Go to snowlakelithium.com as well. And check out the first zero carbon hard rock Strogamine or something or other? Spudgamine. Spudgamine. That's the the good stuff. That's what you're after. Spudgamine project. That that is out there. I love it. Thanks again, Christopher. Thanks for having us, George, and let's do it again sometime. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.